Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Hey there, welcome to episode 314 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon here. I am here doing a solo letter episode. If you've never heard a letter episode before, well, this is the foundation of how this whole podcast began. Originally, it was called Love Food and every episode included a letter from a listener just like you asking for help on a complicated part of the relationship with food. And today I have a letter from someone who, honestly, this letter stumped me big time. Usually when I read a letter, um, especially when I'm recording it, I jot down notes and I have some talking points that I kind of use as bullet points to guide my flow. And 
after I read this letter, I had to like move away from the desk, go get Doug, my dog, and take a walk just to process it because I didn't know the advice to give this person. And then I realized that I was framing it the wrong way. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. If you cannot relate to this letter, this episode is definitely for you. If you can relate to it, I hope it still helps as well. But before we get to hear this episode's letter, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Find Your Food Voice is brought to you by my Decoding and Demystifying PCO Carb Cravings webinar. I wish you weren't taught to be ashamed of your PCOS carb cravings. You aren't weak for having them. You aren't gluttonous for eating in response to them either. You aren't doing it wrong. I wish you were taught these carb cravings are insightful. I have noticed there are two different types of PCOS carb cravings that give amazing, distinct intel. I wish you were taught from the get-go that both are to be trusted. Are PCOS carb cravings annoying as fuck? You bet. Should they be ignored or tricked? No way. Let's fix this. I'm putting together a mini training on PCOS carb cravings. It's a bite-sized lesson to help you move from chaotic with cravings to decoding their wisdom. You'll also learn the two different types of PCOS cravings and what they are telling you about your current PCOS symptom management. At this free webinar, you also get a peek into PCOS Power. It's an open house tour of all that is included. The learning modules, the community, the workbook, the discount, discounted dispensary, and so much more. And remember, it's free. So if you are interested, go to bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings. Again, it's bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings, and you will get to all the information and a place to sign up. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Dear food, we've been through a lot together, haven't we? Our relationship used to be terrible and filled with shame. Five years ago, I found intuitive eating. 
I learned that you were not the villain I had cast you as, and I found out how to heal and to have peace. It became so easy. In June, a GI specialist had me undergo an endoscopy for an issue unrelated to this letter. When I woke up from anesthesia, he shocked me by telling me he suspected I have celiac disease. He ordered further testing and the diagnosis was confirmed. I have celiac disease. Celiac disease is an autoimmune condition that impacts the small intestine. It is not an allergy. In response to gluten, a protein found in some grains, including wheat, barley, and rye, the immune system attacks the body's own villi. Villi are finger-like projections that line the small intestine are crucial in absorbing nutrients from food. If someone with celiac disease continues to consume gluten, there are major complications, possible such as micronutrient deficiencies, the development of other autoimmune conditions, and higher risks of several cancers. The only treatment is lifelong adherence to a gluten-free diet, including avoiding potential cross-contamination, because even a small amount of gluten can cause this reaction. It's not a disease where it's okay to take a day off here or there. A single exposure to gluten causes damage that takes the body weeks to recover from. I was not expecting this diagnosis, but I immediately committed to a lifelong gluten-free diet. I haven't been tempted to waver from it for a moment. It's a decision I make in line with intuitive eating to protect my body. I love my body and I don't want to cause any more damage. I want to heal. Food, I knew this was kind of a special subset in intuitive eating, a kind of footnote that is now my entire life. I anticipated this would be hard, and it is, but not at all in the ways I expected. I thought the difficulty would be learning to live without the foods that I love. I imagined I would struggle with cravings for Triscuits, bread, and pizza. But honestly, that's the easiest part of the disease. Here's where I need your help, food. Because right now, these two things make me hate you. First, having to prepare meals day in and day out is a chore. A day off is rare. I live alone and am solely responsible for feeding myself. So I have to plan, shop for, prepare, and clean up from every bite I put in my mouth. Eating out takes a lot of effort, both in scouting out the restaurant's menu and reviews and talking to the staff about my dietary needs. And it's a health risk every time. I can't just order off of DoorDash or run to Subway for my favorite sandwich if I'm tired one day. To add to this, I am depressed and the mundane act of chopping, measuring, cooking, eating, and cleaning is impossible. I feel my body craving nutrients that I don't have the energy to prepare. And I don't have the energy to prepare the food I crave because I'm not eating the nutrients I need. It's the worst cycle. I find myself wishing I could photosynthesize like a plant so I never had to stress about you again, food. I resent my own hunger because it means I have to engage with you again. Second, this disease is so isolating. I didn't realize how much you are part of human culture until now that I can no longer participate. I used to take for granted the fact that if an event provided refreshment, I could just be fed. I mean, food, I had to bring my own meal to my grandpa's funeral because there was a luncheon afterwards and I couldn't eat any of the food there. It was so awful to be in the kitchen preparing my own meal while everyone was out there sharing memories of our loved one. It's stressful and it's lonely. 
I know I can bring my own meal to share, but it just sucks that I always have to put in so much effort. Even if someone is nice enough to prepare gluten-free food for me, I have to question them about every step of the process to make sure it is in fact safe for me to eat. And often it isn't. I'm working on learning the balance between advocating for myself and accommodating for myself, but most of the time it's easier just to bring my own food and feel apart from everyone else. Food, it was so nice having an easy relationship with you where I didn't have to worry. I worked so hard to heal our relationship and it did heal, but this is a different kind of strain on our relationship and I'm lost. There doesn't seem to be an easy solution or really any solution. I don't feel like it's your fault and I don't feel like it's mine. It's just the reality we're in. I value my health and that means you and I have some very strict boundaries. It hasn't triggered feelings of shame or even restriction in a dieting sense, but I hate what we've become. There's just so much animosity. I'm afraid to travel. I'm afraid to eat out with my friends. I recently came out as a lesbian and started dating women, which is new and exciting and wonderful, but it's difficult and embarrassing to go on dates because I have to explain so much upfront. Like how I can't kiss someone who has eaten gluten until they brush their teeth and rinse their mouth. So I feel like I'm being robbed of love too. Food, can you just stop being gluten? That would make this much simpler. And if not, what do I do? Love a sad celiac. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for this note. And oh my goodness, your letter, unfortunately, I tucked away for a long time. And you can probably guess why. Signing it, sad celiac. I appreciated that I am not an expert at this point in my life in celiac disease and how to eat gluten-free. Many, many years ago, probably 20 years ago now, I was someone that did work for a GI, a pediatric GI clinic and help people with it. But as you know, like keeping up with what does and does not actually contain gluten is a full-time job all on its own because food manufacturers are always changing. They're changing where they actually actually make the things like the, the factories change. And so, yeah, you have to do so much work. And from reading your letter, when I actually read it, because I was looking for a letter for this episode. And so, well, let me, let me just read through it to see if maybe I can actually help. That's when I actually read your letter, like really read it. And you've got this, you've got the gluten-free thing. You, you've got this, but you've actually got this, like all of this. And wow, that is, that is so much. That's such a heavy burden for you to carry all by yourself. So I do have some thoughts that I jotted down here and uh, there is no easy answer, which I know you already know. Like there is no way, like you have to be the one in charge of this. You have to be the one that stays on top of it. You have to be the one looking at all the labels. 
in the current state of the world, you're the one that has to do all of it. But you've got this, you know, you're doing it. But like I said, you've got it. I honestly, like after reading your letter, I don't think I have specific advice for you to do differently. There's a few things that I kind of jotted down. You know, one thing that came to mind since you had already done all this work in intuitive eating is just to even name that one of the authors of intuitive eating, Evelyn Triboli, has a child with celiac disease. So a lot of my training in intuitive eating came from going to um, special trainings that Evelyn did. And she always brought up this part because it was a part of her life. But I also appreciate by making that connection, if you didn't have it yet, it's not, it doesn't fix it. It doesn't fix the isolation. It doesn't fix the burden that you're carrying. And as I sat with that, actually, I needed to like really sit with it. And when I say sit with it, I actually mean I need to go on a walk because that's just the way I process things is taking a stroll. So I grabbed Doug, my dog, <laughs> and got him, you know, all ready for a walk. And I just walked and thought about it. And I was hoping something would come to mind, like something that would just be like, oh yeah, this is what sad celiac can do. Nothing like that ever came. And I just let percolate your descriptions, which you helped me to appreciate. I can't say I understand it. I have a chronic illness, but mine is managed in a completely different way. Um, But when you described it, it did help me to appreciate how heavy of a burden this was. And as I was just sitting with that, the thing that kept coming to me was that there is no advice for you. This isn't like you're dealing with the burden of the problem, but it's not your problem to fix. I wish it was because then I think you would do it. You would have already done it. You wouldn't have had to write in if there was a way to manage all this individually on your own. And I appreciate that living with this type of chronic illness comes with so many barriers that lead to isolation, which isolation on its own is enough for someone to experience depression. And then depression, how part of its like description is how it will make you so tired and make doing tasks that you need to take care of, just like brushing your teeth, taking a shower every once in a while, you know, those become such heavy things. And you describing how every time you're hungry, it's a reminder how isolated you are. Again, oh my gosh, like I just kept thinking about that on this walk. And what I really started to percolate on is how, again, this isn't your problem. This is my problem. This is the listener who can't relate problem. This is all of our problem together in a way that I often describe fixing diet culture and fixing all the other systems of oppression. This is not the individual's burden to overcome, but especially in the United States, that's how we frame it. You have to eat gluten-free, you figure it out. That's basically what, you didn't say that, but like we are a bunch of assholes basically. 
because we're letting you just fend for yourself. And I hope anyone listening who doesn't have a chronic illness, which I'm like, how can I name this episode? So for you, letter writer, (laughs) folks listening who don't have a chronic illness that especially involves food can listen so they can also hear what you're describing. Because I think just like me, I think you gave such a window into that experience that those who aren't dealing with it can finally really like appreciate because we we need to get our shit together. And what I think is important to name, again, especially in the United States, I think there's other places in the world that do this a lot better. We don't, we don't provide, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? As a culture in the United States, we don't provide enough to folks who need things differently. Chronic illness is something that's the individual's burden instead of society's burden. That's why in the United States, we had to have things like the American Disabilities Act because we needed to have like actual laws created to make sure that people with different abilities and disabilities can you know, come in and out of buildings and not get fired from their job. But also like if we want to have people in our life that also live with a chronic illness, which we all are friends with people with chronic illnesses. I think it's important for us to start thinking about this. How can we include folks who may have more challenges? And this is something that I know I can do a lot better at. And I'm thinking about all my friends who have celiac disease or food allergies or have kids with celiac disease or food allergies you know, this is something that me as someone without a food allergy, that's a big deal. You know, I'm allergic to shellfish, but that's easy to avoid. Um, But we all need to do a better job of reaching out and asking you, letter writer, hey, let's get together. Where's a place we can all go that's the safest for you? Or, hey, I'm going to have a dinner party. Can we plan the menu together? Something that can help you to feel a little bit more at ease. It's not going to take it all away. But what if that just became the norm? And as I say that, as like I'm thinking as I'm talking, but like as I say that, I have a feeling there's a few of you listening who are like, I already do that. And I have so much to learn from you. I have so much to learn in that regard. And so for you, letter writer, the thing that I want to say is by writing this letter, you have given an amazing gift and asset to the rest of us who don't get it. And I hope that others are listening so we can be a better friend or partner or family member that we can ask you, what does support look like for you? You know, just that simple question, what does support look like for you? And it may mean just hanging out at my house while I'm eating dinner and always, you know, just asking before you serve something that to make sure it's gluten-free. I don't know. That obviously is going to be up to you. So that's my big advice, non-advice to you, letter writer, is we all have a lot to do to make room for you. And I want to make room for you. And I know others do too. And so let's get our shit together, everybody.
let's ask our friends and our family members, how can I best support you? So I see food has written back and I am excited to hear what food has to say. But before we get to food's letter, this episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast was brought to you by the Decoding PCOS Cravings webinar coming up very soon. And you can get to all the information at bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings. Again, it's bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings. I'll say it one more time since I just messed that up. Bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings. Of course, we have a link in the show notes just for you. If you enjoyed this episode, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. And if you can share or subscribe to this podcast that really helps the show grow, If you haven't left a rating or review, I also always appreciate that, especially an Apple podcast that makes a big difference in other people finding the show. All right. Like I said, food has written back, but I look forward to meeting up with you next week on Find Your Food Voice. Take care. Dear Sad Celiac, while we have come so far in healing our strained relationship, life has provided a massive boulder on our path. We see you struggling to do the small things that now are such heavy burdens without gluten. We wish you knew this is not your burden to bear. You should not be the one alone to keep you safe. Chronic illness and differences are not framed in a way we wish they were. We wish everyone knew that those with extra burdens need others to pitch in. We wish people knew to ask the question, What does support look like for you? We know you will continue to take care of the gluten-free food, and we hope more folks understand how to best support you to keep you from isolation. Lastly, we hope you know that you are doing the best you can, and only together can we change the world to be more inclusive for people with chronic illness. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book fiend, and Colleen Bremner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.